A Palestinian Christian living in Israel writes a book on reconciliation. Palestinian Christian Reconciliation Put all those words together and I simply couldn't resist to buy, read and review the book. Hi, my name is Terence and I'm your host for Reading and Readers, a podcast where I review Christian books for you. Today I review, now this is going to be a long title, today I review Theology of Reconciliation in the Context of Church Relations, a Palestinian Christian Perspective in Dialogue with Miroslav Volf. Uh, written by Rula Kori Mansour, uh, 352 pages, published by Langham Monographs in January 2020. How did I come across this book? Uh, the author is not famous yet. Maybe after this book review, she will be. And you won't see this book in your bookshops or in your popular book review blogs. It's not in any bestseller list, at least not yet. Again, maybe after this book review, I will help it get into a bookseller list somewhere. I got to know of Rula Corey Mansour from an interview Chris she did with Chris Wright. When I heard that she was a Palestinian Christian, I thought, wow, that's cool. A very rare species, a Palestinian and also a Christian. Listening to the interview, I learned that she wrote a book on reconciliation. And that was just too many juxtapositions for me to ignore. I just got to read this book because I needed to hear her experience, her unique perspective on reconciliation. Living where she lives and living the life that she did. Now, we have an author's bio data on the book's cover, but I like how she describes herself in the book. So she writes, I quote, I believe I am uniquely placed to research the topic of Palestinian Baptists in Israeli and their intra-church conflicts. I approach the analysis of the data not from the unsympathetic lens of an outsider, nor from the uncritical lens of an insider. I am neither solely a woman, wife, and mother, nor just a Palestinian Christian, cultural Middle Eastern, British academic, Israeli citizen, and lawyer who studied in secular Jewish universities and worked as a public prosecutor in the Israeli establishment. I am all of those identities together. End quote. Now, this book is a monograph, meaning it's uh, Rula Kori Mansour's research thesis. I paid good money for someone's research thesis. I still find it amazing that I paid good money for this. Uh, but in what sense, surprising? Because not many people read or much less buy uh, research thesis unless they need to for their own research. So imagine a society that would actually enjoy a good monograph or two. And don't you think this title is so much more interesting than some of the novels that we had? I keep repeating myself here, but come on, man. I mean, this is a Palestinian Christian. In Israel, war-torn Israel, well, perhaps not war-torn, but a very conflict-driven uh, Israel. And she is writing on reconciliation she must have a perspective that most of us do not have. So this is a very, very intriguing premise for this book. Now, the question then becomes, is it any good? Is it a good book to read? 
I finished the book and I just have three words to describe it. Intimate, practical, and critical. It's intimate because the pastors and church members involved in this uh, intra-church conflicts, they are so exposed. Mansour doesn't name names. She uses pseudonyms. But there are only 3,000 or so Palestinian Baptists in Israel. And you consider how many of those are pastors? So it's quite easy to identify them if you are in that small community. So it becomes a curiosity. How did she manage to draw out people who live in an honor and shame culture? She said so herself in the book. So honor and shame culture to speak of a conflict or conflicts which to them are shameful and to have it published for the world to read. Now, I just want to be clear that this is not a tabloid magazine writing a headline, The Church War You Didn't Know in Israel. How church splits and like tragedies and whatever it is will be revealed in this book. It's not that type of book where it's just dishing out dirt. This is a practical book on reconciliation. And I would really like to think that the reason why the people... Uh, my brothers and sisters in, in uh, Palestinian Baptist churches, they opened up. The reason why they opened up is because they saw greater honor in sharing their unique perspective on church conflict so that they can bless the global church, as I just want to say they have. Okay, So I'm really thankful that they were willing to open up on their struggles. And third, this is not a how-to book with the title, 10 Steps to Reconciling with the Utterly Irreconcilable. Okay, this is not that type of book. This book, is, uh, this book is critical in that it takes a theologian scholar's framework, namely Wolf's, uh, Miroslav Wolf's framework, and tells us where it works and where it doesn't work in the Palestinian context. This is a research monograph. And with that, there comes some warning behind it. <laughs> I have put off describing the structure of the book and actually put forward my impressions of the book because I didn't want to scare you with the research components so that you switch to another podcast before you gave this book a chance. <clears throat> this book has subheadings that only researchers would love. For example, we have a subheading over here that is titled Research Question. Another one choice of qualitative methodology and the methods used in the study. Another one, research plan. And lastly, research ethics. And if that gave you horrible memories of your college or university days, then <laughs> that's why I said, I can't believe I paid good money to buy someone's research uh, thesis. Now take heart, even if you are not a research geek, there are still plenty to love in this book. The book is divided into two parts. And if you like quote-unquote gossip, okay, this is not the gossip rag, but I just, perhaps this might interest you. Uh, if you like to know more about other churches, let's say, uh, we put it that way, you will appreciate chapters 1 to chapter 5. We, in, in those chapters, you will find out how did the Baptists wind up in Palestine uh, and why did they leave? And curiously, why did the church splits only occur after they left? We will look at how, or 
we will look at how money and church buildings play a part in those church splits. And uh, we will look into the question, were the, was the problem the old man in power, the young rebellious group, the indomitable women, or all of the above? <laughs> so there's a lot of, plenty of fireworks in this uh, chapters 1 to chapters 5. And I think that it makes for a very insightful reading on what happened to make those church splits occur. In chapter 6 to 9, Mansour brings Miroslav Vov's theology of reconciliation to the Palestinian context. Miroslav Vov has his own unique lived experience as a Croatian who lived through the Balkan Wars and has since famously contributed towards the theology of reconciliation. Mansour takes aspects of Vov's work and turns them into four chapter-length critiques, namely uh, theology of remembrance, a theology of forgiveness, theology of justice, and theology of embrace. In chapter 10, having identified some gaps in Vov's framework as it pertains to the Palestinian context, Mansour makes some recommendations, which includes a stronger role for the community and not just the individual. Uh, she's, she argues that there needs to be a place for venting, to, to, to speak out against uh, injustice or experience or perceived injustice and uh, experience emotions, anger, disappointments, and so on. So there's, a, there's room for venting in, in the theology of reconciliation. She also says that there's a need for rituals and dignity restoration and other things. Okay? So that's the overview. Now let's get into the conflict in Israel. Only this time, it's not the conflict with rockets and bombs. It's not the one that is debated in the United Nations. It's not the one that arguably can be traced back to Old Testament times about what land belongs to who. Instead, we are going to study a conflict set in the background of that greater conflict. So just imagine you have bombs exploding outside your home while you're having a family quarrel inside your home. Welcome to the Palestinian Baptist churches in Israel. The Palestinian Baptists are a threefold minority. As Palestinians, they are a minority in Israel, an unwelcome minority often because Palestinians are a reminder of the greater wider conflict. As Christians, they are a minority among Palestinians. Palestinians are overwhelmingly Muslims. And lastly, as an evangelical, they are a minority among the Christian denominations. Baptists make a tiny, tiny slice of the Christian population. Adding more fuel to the mix is how successive generations have engaged with the war around them. Citing historical research, Mansour presents three generations or stages in the Palestinian community. From 1948 to 1955, it's the survival generation. From 1956 to 1988, it's the worn-out generation. And from 1990 to 2016, it's the stand-tall generation. And each generation deals with church conflict in a different way and those different generations are living in the same church. At this point of the book, I can imagine some Christians getting uncomfortable reading the history of Israel from a Palestinian perspective. 
For some Christians, um, they are so zealous for Zion that any news that implies, that implicates national Israel to be at fault is fake news. After all, Israel is God's chosen nation. It can do no wrong, or rather, the burden of proof is so high, it might as well be the case. I want to remind readers at this point that the main theme of this book is not the Israel-Palestine conflict. That is the background that influences the conflict that is in front of us, the Palestinian Baptist churches. There really isn't much here to trigger you, but come to think of it, perhaps reading events from another perspective, from a Christian, from a sister in Christ perspective, will help you see not just the Israeli side or the Palestinian side, but a Palestinian Christian side. Anyways, moving on. Mansour presents three churches as a case study. Church A, B, and C, which are pastored by Pastor A, B, and C, respectively. In this review, I'll pick examples from Church A. Not that it's the worst, but just simply... I want to give you a taste of what to expect as you progress through the book. And this is the scenario at Church A. Manso writes, I quote, When Pastor A reached pension age, the church committee decided to extend his time as there was no replacement. Two years later, Pastor A and the deacons invited Pastor George to be assistant pastor for six months and then replaced Pastor A. Pastor A's wife claimed that George was invited without Pastor A being informed. After six months, surprisingly, Pastor A informed the deacons that he was not ready to resign and wished to continue. He suggested George could work under his authority, but George refused. This resulted in a dispute and many heated meetings. In one meeting, Pastor A overrode the constitution and dismissed the deacons, and finally the church split and Church A too was founded." End quote. Fortunately, they were all Christians, so after a night of soul-searching, Bible reading and prayer, the Holy Spirit touched everyone's hearts and they came crying to each other, embracing one another and asking for each other's forgiveness. Right? <laughs> Sadly, no. In the, in the case of Church A, the conflict went on for years. And um, you may wonder, didn't anyone work to reconcile in these churches? And they were. They were people who, inside that church, outside that church, who were trying to help the brothers and sisters reconcile. And that is where Mansour's books comes in very nicely, or her research comes in and uh, helps give some insight. Mansour demonstrated that there were four different approaches used to resolve these conflicts. She writes, I quote, Two approaches are cultural. One, the Israeli alternative legalistic approach. And two, the Palestinian traditional sulha approach. And two approaches are theological. Number one, the traditional Palestinian church approach. And number two, the Western Baptist approach. End quote. Now, the alternative, legalistic, the traditional church, and the Western Baptist approach, if I describe them, will be fairly familiar to my listeners. 
Uh, they are very similar to what we would expect if we have a conflict in our churches today. The one that is not so familiar, the one that's not so familiar, is the Palestinian traditional sulha approach. Sulha, S-U-L-H-A. It's alien. It's fairly exotic. And in reading this, when when I get, I reflect that when cultures collide, we become more aware of what we take for granted in our own culture, whether for good or for bad. So let me just quickly go through the Solha approach. Let's say that you offended someone. Well, what you need to do next is you need to form a Jaha. Forgive me for my pronunciation. I'm not sure whether I pronounce it correctly. And the Jaha are the respected elders of the community. After you form this Jaha, then there needs to be a Hotna or ceasefire agreement so that nobody is allowed to take revenge. Then the offender provides the jaha with a tough wit. Okay, tough wit. The tough wit is an irreversible written authorization to act on the offender, offending family's behalf, and it contains the commitment of the offender's family to obey whatever verdict the jaha reaches. So that's a tough wit. Now, let's just stop here. Do you see the difference between how you resolve conflict and how the Solha approach, approaches them? One, if you do wrong in the Solha, your family is involved. <laughs> in the more Western type of thinking, it's very individual. The family is involved, but not to this extent where they actually are part of the party involved in the conflict. Two, uh, through the tough wit, you are committed to obey before you know the verdict. <laughs> Exciting, isn't it? <laughs> and um, the Solha not only has a different approach, it also has a different aim. In the Solha, conflict is bad, 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 bad. So we need to restore the status quo. The status quo is good. On the other hand, in the Western Baptist approach, conflict may be a good thing. And resolving the conflict may mean changing the status quo, but that's okay in the Western Baptist approach. Now, imagine what happens when two parties adopt different mechanisms and have different expectations. Oh, you're going to cook up a storm. <laughs> and you see, the problem is that we don't even, like if we have a conflict, it's not like we write up a protocol up front. This is what I do. This is what I expect you to do and so on. A lot of the approach, how we do things and the expectations are implicit. They are not explicitly stated. So this research is fascinating. You could just stop uh, listening to this review and just buy that very expensive monograph written in a very researchy tone. <laughs> but if you're still interested to know what this uh, book contains, uh, perhaps without reading the book, uh, uh, keep listening. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You are thinking that all they need to do and all every Christians need to do is uh, when they have a conflict is simply go to the Bible. Now, listen to this. I have edited this paragraph for brevity. Manso writes, I quote, In case A, the group was given a few worksheets about biblical peacemaking in preparation for the meeting. They met for two days. 
The purpose of this gathering was to discuss the problems and see how they could be resolved. During the meetings, there were sermons and Bible studies based on what Scripture says about unity and reconciliation, with a focus on Matthew 18. Two themes were addressed, relationships between believers and seeking the good of others over one's own desires. Around nine prayer meetings and Bible studies took place during the retreat. While one group met with facilitators, the other group had prayer meetings. End quote, end quote. Now, when I read that, I was thinking, man, that's exactly how I think reconciliation work should look like. Lots of Bible, lots of prayer. Now listen <laughs> to Mansour's explanation on why the Baptist, sorry, the Western Baptist approach failed. I quote, the findings show that studying scripture together was not sufficient to deal with the conflict. Interveners, the missionaries and Western-minded pastors, focus on how to act and relate, and relate to God and others. However, this approach ignored the pastor's struggles, such as how to deal with feelings of rejection, anger, insult, and loss of dignity. Also, it did not take into consideration that the parties were deeply related and influenced by their families, so any agreement was incomplete until approved by the family." End quote. So lots of things, lots of details about the conflict, uh, the interviews, the, the people being interviewed, they, were also, they are also quoted extensively through this uh, uh, monograph, this book. And frankly, um, Rula Kori Manso has collected enough material on the conflicts here to start a fire that would just burn down all the Palestinian Baptist churches. She could. She could, if she chose to, make one party the villain and the other party the hero. And after all, many of us like our heroes and villains easily labeled in our movies, in our books, and so on. I'm glad that Mansour didn't try to force an easy narrative into all these conflicts. She isn't here to sell books. If she was, then this format would not be the best way. She is here to present her research, which is the perfect format <laughs> in this book. And her research shows, okay, her research shows that conflicts and attempts to reconcile are messy, painful, and can be dragged on. There are no villains or heroes in this book. They are all simultaneously sinners and saints. Life is complicated, and uh, that's the way it is. Then uh, we reach halftime. Halftime is Wolf time. Here we have uh, four superb chapters on remembrance, forgiveness, justice, and embrace. What makes the Mansour's what makes Mansour's critique on Wolf engaging is that she uses his framework to analyze what happened to Church A, B, and C. So, so she's not critiquing from theoretical point of view. She's critiquing by looking at what's going on with the pastors and, uh, in, and the church members of these churches. So in, in the process, she is helping us think through aspects, aspects of reconciliation in ways that I did not consider before. For example, for example, in reconciliation, we all naturally focus on forgiveness because that seems to be where the Bible focus is. In the parable of the ungrateful servant, the servant was forgiven 10,000 talents of gold but did not forgive his fellow servant who owed much less. In the parable of the prodigal son, 
the father forgives the son despite everything the son did. So there are many more passages like this in the Bible. So forgiveness is clearly important. But what about remembering? Okay, remembering our, our memories and so on. According to Wolf, we should remember rightly. We should remember truthfully. Manso takes this and compares against the church in her case study. Manso writes, I quote, Pastors remembered and focused on their church's past glory and their contributions. They wondered how the rebellious groups could forget these past contributions. Pastor A spent 90% of the interview describing in detail the glory of Church A during the 1970s to 1980s revival. Pastor A's wife told me, teary-eyed, when I remember the split, I get sad, and so does Pastor A, who has served the church all his life. Rami, and, uh, and a church leader, or denominational leader, told me that history is still alive in people's minds. Pastors expected that members would not forget their decades of service, and thus expected that their past contributions must influence the church's present decision-making. End quote. The idea here is, if you cannot remember rightly, then this hinders reconciliation. And Mansour explores all these questions in that chapter. And uh, this is just one example from the chapter on remembrance. There's also other nice bits like how to integrate the past into the present and so on. So I won't get into those insights and examples, but I find uh, the chapters here very, uh, very good. Uh, in the chapter on justice, we consider what is the role of compensation or repentance in reconciliation. I mean, surely we would think that wrongs must be acknowledged and righted before we can speak of reconciliation. But then again, some people say that um, we, con we should have unconditional forgiveness, unconditional reconciliation. So this chapter explores that. In the chapter on embrace, Wolf and Mansour bring out the question of what does embrace look like? Should we expect it? Because to a certain extent, it seems impossible, right? We can think of scenarios where we cannot see embrace happening. So this chapter explores it and how we can work towards it. And uh, it's not true, uh, spoiler alert, it's not true human means, but it is really true divine means. Uh, God, um, the Holy Spirit uh, must work uh, for that to happen. Before this book, I've not, actually even now, I've not read any of Wolf's writings. But if Mansour has presented Wolf's work properly, which she should since he is her research supervisor, then um, I really appreciate how these uh, chapters offer a brief introduction to Wolf's theology of reconciliation. I also appreciate Mansour's analysis against other theologians and ministers of reconciliation. For example, uh, Manso shows us that Bishop Desmond Tutu and the Truth and Reconciliation Committee in South Africa is less emphatic on justice compared to the other aspects like forgiveness um, and, and remembrance. In this book, Manso models for us how to adopt a framework, okay, Voss framework, to real-life problems, Church A, B, and C, and shows us how well and how poorly the framework applies to the Palestinian context. So there's a critical element here that we can learn. 
we, we all know we should adjust any solution or framework to the culture we are working on, but we seldom get to study or read the friction of adopting a model to a real-life culture. So I really like this book in, the, in that way. I, I like this book. I like the fact that this book exists. Its existence means that there are Christians willing to share their reconciliation struggles to bless the wider Christian community. And in that sense, uh, th that objective has been achieved. I am thankful that this is a recent monograph, which means there continues to be believers studying reconciliation in not just the theory, the models, but also in the practice of the church. I am also thankful to note that the author is an unknown outside of Israel. And here I want to commend Langham Press, or is it Langham Monograph, for publishing books that some most publishers would not publish. So thank you for that. In fact, my experience with this book was so good, I bought another Langham monograph, which was available at a discount uh, titled Interpersonal Reconciliation Between Christians in a Shame-Oriented Culture, a Sri Lankan case study by Mano Emanuel. This book was discounted to $6.27, which I thought was a steal compared to Mansour's book, which cost $25.99. However, as much as I enjoy Mansour's book and think that the $25.99 price tag to be worth the insight that she gives as a Palestinian Christian in Israel uh, on reconciliation, I feel duty-bound to warn the reader, the listener to this podcast. This book is a research thesis. It's not written for a popular audience. So you may want to adjust your expectations if you're not familiar with uh, reading research work. It's not that difficult. She doesn't bombard you with uh, terms and, and whatnot, whatnot. But it is just not an easy narrative. It's not an easy uh, book to a format to get used to. But you can. Okay? That's my encouragement always in this uh, podcast, to encourage people to, to step out of the comfort zone and read things that they may not otherwise read. And, but overall, my, my, real goal, my real goal for this book review would be to generate some, some deserved interest, well-deserved interest on Rula Kori Mansour and her writing and make it, hopefully, make it uh, possible for her to write a book for the everyday reader. So maybe generate some interest uh, so that she might want to read a book. Uh, not read a book, sorry. Uh, write another book. And if she does write another book, I hope she tells us how well her recommendations work. So, uh, let me just uh, uh, take an example. In this book, uh, which I reviewed today, she successfully showed a need for the people to express the injustice they experienced or the anger and disappointments they felt. She successfully showed how other approaches that did not consider this cultural aspect uh, failed to move the people towards reconciliation. She also successfully showed how Vol's framework did not consider these aspects, and she recommended venting be part of the reconciliation process, at least for Palestinian Christians. But, however, but, but this means that she has left a big gap, a research gap. Uh, namely, does her recommendations actually work in the field? I hope one day to read an evaluation of these methods, I'm still not sure whether venting would it work actually in the entire process. Uh, how would you do it properly? And uh, 
do you have proof or do you have examples, case studies of where it worked well? So it would be amazing if we can one day read that church A, B, and C uh, achieve reconciliation or perhaps other churches, churches D, E, F. And uh, hopefully they are sharing the Lord's goodness with other believers, telling others that reconciliation is possible even in the most impossible of, of cases. And do not mistake the Lord's arm to be so short that he cannot save us from our conflicts. Perhaps that would be the next book that uh, Manso would write. Other than buying the book and leaving good reviews, there are other ways we can encourage Rula Kori Manso and the Palestinian Baptist churches in her case study. If you are a researcher, you can read and cite her work and build on her work to advance the field of reconciliation one step further. Maybe if we read more about uh, reconciliation in the different different contexts, maybe we can actually solve the, the, the conflict in our own church once we you know, see how other people do it. And um, more powerfully, uh, if I can say this, more powerfully, if this book has helped you reconcile with another, and, and just, that's just a miracle, all right? It's a miracle when we see God working to reconcile brothers and sisters together. So if, if this really happened, then I encourage you to send a note to Rula Kori Manso to thank her and encourage her. Uh, I think that is something that she would really love uh, reading this book. She would really love to hear how her book has helped others. And if it isn't too much trouble, you, if you could spend a, spare a bit of time, if you do that, to, to write to me as well, I would love to hear how that helped you. You can find my contact details at www.readingandreaders.com. That's www.readingandreaders.com. In conclusion, okay, in conclusion, I found Mansour's book to be an intimate look at the Palestinian Baptist Church. So intimate that I dearly pray that my brothers and sisters there would agree in the Lord, and I pray that peacemakers would come forth to help them. The book is practical. Since reading the book, I've shared the ideas from the pulpit and have applied them in real-life cases. Specifically, I share the need to remember truthfully and to integrate the past into the present. This book is critical. I learned uh, from her example how to take a framework and to evaluate it critically in my context. When I first heard of Mansour and her book in Chris Wright's interview, I didn't know her book was a monograph. <laughs> After reading the book, I, I realized that I can enjoy reading a monograph. Now let me close this uh, book review with Matthew 5 verse 9, which says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. May the Lord send his peacemakers and ministers of reconciliation to work in Israel, Palestine, and the Palestinian Baptist churches. This is a Reading and Readers review of Theology of Reconciliation, a Palestinian Christian perspective in dialogue with Miroslav Volf by Rula Kori Mansour, 352 pages, published by Langham Monographs in January 2020. Thank you for listening.